This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's sports talk show. 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. Damian Williams runs to immortality. Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. No, I went to Temecula and brought you some dirt. And this is how you use this dirt. No, like don't, you, don't. You do it like this, you get it, no, you sort of no. rub it on. Okay, now I'm ready to go. According to Jim is your home for the McPherson Bullpup. How about a pull-up three? Grace Pilot is good! Everything happening in the sports world. The game is over! And the Chiefs' kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest summit! And even some things not happening in the sports world. I'll probably wrap up in a blanket or something. Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell. Let's do this thing, another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM, KBBE, or for those of you listening online, worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner, and joining me as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, wearing the exact same shirt that I am today, <laughs> Mr. Steve Sell. Steve, good afternoon. Good afternoon. We had the same idea, apparently, when dressing ourselves today. Well, I'll tell you what, McPherson USD 418, whenever they go all out for jackets like this for the Mid- or the McPherson Invitational, they go all out. Yeah. And these things are nice. They're very Nike com- golf. Yeah, they're very comfortable. And, and of course, b- being a McPherson basketball night tonight, you like to wear something appropriate. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah, thanks to Shane Bakus for always taking care of us. Now, I always hear that the people of McPherson don't like it when we start bringing black into the color scheme, that they like it to be red and white, and that they are trying to avoid that black, but I think it might look pretty good. Yeah, I, I think it does, We've got too. some purists. Yeah, there's some purists, and I'm a purist, you know. I'm Oh, for sure I, you I'm are. I'm old-school purist, but, uh, you know, it's got the uh, McPherson Invitational logo on the shoulder and and uh, things like that. So um, I think it it's it's a nice deviation. Something a little bit different. Yeah. Speaking of being a purist, Steve, I need to get your opinion on this. And that is the buzz circling around Major League Baseball from yesterday. Did you see the big headline for Major League Baseball? I saw that they want to expand the playoffs to like seven teams in each division. So that'd be 14 teams, which means almost half the teams would make the playoffs. And really, that's what I've liked about baseball is not that many teams make it. It's pretty elite. I've I've enjoyed the one game wild card, you know, play in game. Um, I and then they've got some kind of crazy rule that one of the teams that you know the teams that get buys could pick their opponent or something. Well, the top team would. The top team could pick their opponent. All right, so let's break it down here. All right. So what they would want to do is bring in seven teams for the postseason. Okay. And the top three essentially would get buys. The bottom four would be playing some best two out of three. There might even be another wild card game in there somewhere. But that somewhere along the lines, they're playing a best two out of three series instead of the two three out of five series, or the one three out of five series. And it essentially just adds one more round. But before the number one team, who in the NFL you would say that they got the the home field advantage, That's that's how you would describe this team, that they would not only be able to be the home team in terms of where the games are played throughout 
the postseason the and, and have the advantage. In the, in the AFC, it would have been the Baltimore Ravens. So not only would they have the home field advantage in terms of we get the games for potentially game seven at home, but that they're suggesting that they also would be able to select who they play. So let's say it was the Royals as the number one team and we knew that with their 2015 style that they were able to run the bases and they could either play this team who was really, really powerful. They hit a ton of home runs, but they played like the worst defense of all time. Or they played a different team that was maybe more similar to themselves and had four elite pitchers that they were a little bit afraid of. Well, they could pick the team that they wanted to play. Right. And, and I, I think, think it's that, about matchups. It's I think it points that would backfire. And I think that it would cause all sorts of drama. I don't think I like that part of it. But I wouldn't be necessarily opposed to adding another round and letting another team in. If you think of it this way, Steve, you get more baseball. You get more playoff baseball. Yeah. And I think what they would have to do is shorten the major league season by about eight. Go back to the 154 games, maybe, that used to be played forever and ever until, you know, they went to 162. Um, because, you know, you got to have time to play all this out. And this year, baseball is starting, I believe, earlier it's ever started. It's like March 26th is opening day. And and to me, uh, starting baseball in March, as early as March as they are, I think the schedule makers need to either make sure, like, dome teams are hosting games early or there's a lot of West Coast games or a lot of games in the South. So, so you don't just have this – run of uh, rain outs and snow snow outs and things like that because let's face it can you can you imagine playing in New York or playing in Boston or Detroit you know in March 26 you don't know Minnesota I mean my goodness now Doesn't Min- sound fun Minnesota I don't think has a dome stadium anymore right you'd or, be correct target field target, is not a dome yeah so I mean you've got to they set- could play at the Viking Stadium yeah the University of Minnesota plays some baseball games at the Viking but, but Stadium you, but but I just think you're set, starting the season so early, you're setting yourself up for a lot of postponements. But, but the reason they're doing this, Major League Baseball has lost. They have gone down in attendance like seven years in a row. And they're still drawing just, you know, a ton of people. But I think they feel like the game has gotten kind of stale and they're trying to, you know, uh, ignite some interest, you know, fan interest in the game. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something to take a look at. I, I'm real curious to see how it goes over with the owners. But, you know, I think a lot of people have gotten turned off because baseball's rather slow. Now, see, I love baseball. I'm, I'm a baseball guy. But the game has gotten very slow. And the salaries, I think, turn people off. I mean, Mookie Betts. I don't think it has anything to do with that, to really? be honest. Okay. I, don't, I don't think people care at all how much money Eric Hosmer makes. Okay. But I, I just have... I don't think a, a normal person does. Yeah. Now, well, a person that really likes baseball, they're already there. They're yeah. the only ones that care about how much money Eric yeah. Hosmer makes. I, you know, I, I just find it insane that Mookie Betts is grumbling about making $27 million a year. That Those kind of things bother me. Yeah, but if you could make $47 million a year... Yeah, but... And they were giving you twenty-seven. I think you'd say I'd rather have the forty-seven. Yeah, but who, who's worth forty-seven million? Who's worth twenty-seven? Probably million? Eric Hosmer, Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I think, now Patrick I, Mahomes might be. I think those people are. You're, you're on a point that I wanted to kind of get to with this, Stephen, talking about Major League Baseball, and I think that people here, and what I mean by here, 
kind of Kansas, mainly this McPherson area, I don't think people here quite understand how popular the NBA is right now. Right. Because- I, I don't know if if it's just because we don't really have a team. I don't know if it's exactly that. I don't know if it's just because the NBA isn't as popular here in terms of people are not going to go meet up at the local sports bar and say, hey, let's go watch the NBA games right. tonight. Right, exactly. I, I don't think it has that type of popularity here. But the thing that I think Major League Baseball is feeling is, oh, no, here comes the NBA. Not only are they on their heels, I think they've jumped them. Oh, they have. I, I think they, they have. have jumped them. And it, There's and it no was question. A, it was 10 years ago, yeah. almost as long ago, that they jumped them. Well, the when NFL, it comes to the NBA playoffs, Steve, they draw so much more in terms of ratings than oh, MLB yeah. does. And the, and the thing is, the NBA playoffs last like two and a half months. That's That's my complaint with the NBA is the season is way too long. I don't want to be watching – you know, I I'll watch the NBA playoffs. I'll watch a regular season game every once in a while, but when it's 103 degrees outside and they're playing the NBA playoffs, I really don't feel like sitting indoors and watching the NBA playoffs. It just doesn't seem, you know. Well, it, what would you do? Huh? What would you do then? I'd watch baseball in the summer. Well, you'd just go outside. Well, you I'd, said it's 103 degrees outside. Yeah, but it, I don't it, want to watch basketball. It, it just it just feels strange that they're playing a, what I consider a winter sport. In the summer. Well, the crazy thing when you look at the NBA is think about when we started for high school basketball coverage. Think about when you and I started our long broadcast season. Middle of November. So it was middle of November. That was about the time where we started to get into basketball mode. That's when they start to practice. The NBA started like a month and a half before that. Yeah. And we're going to be done with basketball. What's today? The 11th of February. Right. We're going to be done in one month and three days at the most. Yeah. And then they're going to play like four more months. Yeah. Can you imagine yeah, just that, still going? And that's what I'm saying. I just, I just think the, I think they dragged the season out too long. And Well, and, the NFL is the real crazy one. Yeah. Where, where they start activities really in June and July. And when you compare it to the high school and even college football season, okay, yeah, they do some things in June and July, but it really gets going in August. And we're not going into December. We will be done by the end of November. And then they play a full December, a full January, and then even some into February. It's a crazy long schedule. Yeah, I mean, it's really, it's 12 months. The NFL is really, and the NBA, they're 12 months a year almost. Because you look at the NBA playoffs, they get done in June. They're going to camp in September or I think preseason camps in September, isn't it? It comes up quick. Yeah, it, there's they only play like a, some preseason and games. And then what in happens October. in an Olympic year like this year, when you have the Summer Olympics? I mean, guys are playing in the Olympics, and you know they're playing another in July. Then they have to turn around and go to camp. So they're playing. Let me ask you this question, Steve. Talking about Olympics, this is not where I meant to go with this today. But when you look at the Olympics, do you care at all about the Olympic basketball team winning? It doesn't. It. I don't care near as much as I used to. Once it. Once the NBA players came into it, I kind of. I, I like the amateurism uh, when they had it in the Olympics. But once the NBA players came into it, let's face it, the USA has the best players in the world. I know the game's gone very international, but the best talent, most talented players, come out of the United. States. Well, they've States. had to work hard the they've last couple to. years. Yeah, but had l- to. let me throw this out there. So let's say LeBron James, Kyrie Irving. 
let's throw in Damian Lillard. I'm trying to name American guys that are all great players that you would want to be on the national team. What if they all said, I don't want to go do that for three weeks and wherever the 2020 Olympics are, where are the 2020 Olympics? I have no idea. Let's say they're in China. Yeah. I don't want to go do that in China for three weeks. I want to sit here and, and, rest and train. My, rest my body. I just played this entire season, yeah. and now I've got to turn around and go. Do you have a problem with that? No. Because I think 20 years ago, people might have. Yeah. I think they I would have said, so. no, 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 you get out there and you're going to play. 20 years ago, you know, I think there was a lot more you know, play for your country type thoughts 20 years ago. I don't I think, think it's, it's just more of they this, didn't play as much year round. Exactly. There wasn't as much training exactly. 30 years ago. The season's just so long now. It's just terrible long. I don't think any of them are, are that affected by the play for your country. I don't think no. they care. No, I don't I, think they I care I think it's either. just another game where it's, they're forced to go work. The Olympics are in Japan. Okay. If you want to go to Tokyo. I don't. But let's just throw, I mean, it goes July 24th to August 9th. Okay. That's almost three weeks. Yep. Then you got to get out there before. And, yeah, you got you got tryouts. You know they do have tryouts. They, You've got jet lag. If you are a great NBA player, do you really want to do that when you could be spending time with your family? Do you remember who won the twenty sixteen Olympics, twenty twelve Olympics, twenty? No, no, I really don't. I don't. I assume the United States has won them all. Now, I remember back in nineteen seventy two when the United States lost to Russia. And it was like an international incident because there was a crazy ending to the game. Russia got like three different chances at the end because of the, the referees screwed everything up and Russia ended up winning. And I mean, that game still resonates to this day, but those days are, those days are long gone. I just don't think, I don't think uh, there's the intensity surrounding uh, Olympic basketball like there was in the seventies and eighties. I just don't think they care. They don't. No. And, and I um, and if I was the agent of LeBron James, and they said, "Hey, go do this," I'd almost be LeBron's like, 30, "No." He's going to be thirty-six years old when the Olympics roll around. And I almost think Olympic basketball could turn to a point of being just for the younger guys. Yeah. This being for guys maybe that are about to come out of college or that's have what recently to, come out. That's what it used to be. It used to be amateurs. You know, yeah, but then the Russians would cheat, and they'd be yeah. paying people, and the Brazilians would cheat. And, yeah. And so uh, I, I don't really want it to be 17-year-olds be playing there. Yeah. I, I'm fine with them being NBA guys, but I think it could be more reserved and for now you younger have, players. The good college guys are gone by the time they're 19. So the really good college guys, they quit after one year. They go pro. Yeah, how do you want to bring Devon Dotson in? That, that sounds like a bad <laughs> idea. You, you, hey, he's a top, He's probably going to make first-team All-American. You can bring Mitch Lightfoot in to play there you go. in the national games, yeah. in, the, in the Olympics. Yeah, I'm, I'm not really for that. I, I don't think they're going to win a whole lot of championships no. when he's going up against the Lopez brothers from Spain. Yeah. All right, Steve, we're kind of off the rails today. Okay. I, I wanted to talk a little bit about the MLB and that expansion, but here we are talking about the 2020 Summer Olympics in well, Japan. That just happens sometimes. But I want to next dive into the Bullpups in action tonight. It's a Bullpup game day. Oh, yeah. Inside the Roundhouse. Two home games this week. I know you're thrilled about that. I love Bullpup home games. Well, let's take our first break and come back after this. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, 
Next Tech Wireless, and Farmers State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE, Steve Sell. We're ready for some bullpup basketball tonight inside the McPherson Roundhouse as the bullpups will be welcoming in the El Dorado Wildcats. And as we begin this final five-game stretch of games for the bullpups in AVCTL Division Three, I was thinking about it this morning and, and thinking about some of the great closers in sports. Mariano Rivera, you throw out guys like that. You throw out Brad Lidge, great closer. Brad you, Lidge? You throw out Joaquin Soria, great closer. You throw out guys, Greg Holland, Wade Davis, guys that can finish down the stretch. Come on, Brad Lidge. you got to like Brad Lidge. <laughs> I don't even know who he pitches for. Does he still Well, pitch? he's old. He's retired, probably. Okay. All right. But don't you remember Brad Lidge? Not that much. Oh, come on. Who did he pitch for? He, he was to... like on the Astros yeah, and the Phillies uh, and yeah, okay. a bunch of those teams. But anyway... I think that this is a McPherson group that they are good closers. And the numbers would tell you that for them in the month of February. I pulled together a weird stat. So in the month of February, the McPherson High basketball teams since the 2012-2013 season are 99-7. and And remember that three of those seven losses just happened in the last week with the McPherson girls losing to Shawnee Mission Northwest, and then the boys losing two last week against Andale and Wichita Collegiate. So going into the year, they were like 95-4 and four mm-hmm. in the month of February, meaning that this team always finds a way to finish down the stretch and put themselves into a position to be successful in substate. Now, for both of these teams, it's a little bit different story going into this year where the McPherson girls are trying to close and trying to be the number one seed in 5A West. While the Bullpup boys are trying to get up as high as they possibly can, maybe a five, maybe a four, at trying to be at home for at least one playoff game and then have the best matchup following that in Substate. But the key to that is you have to close strong. You have to finish strong here in the final five games. And for the McPherson boys, it is no easy task. It's not. And uh, you look at the boys, they are nine and six on the year. This is the six losses is about as many as I can remember. But you look at their schedule. This is as tough a schedule as I can ever remember a McPherson team playing. Uh, their non-league schedule, and they do that on purpose because the league really hasn't provided much competition down through the years. But this year's a little different because Augusta is a very good basketball team on the boys' side. We know, you know, with the rivalry with Bueller, uh, that's always going to be a competitive game. Even El Dorado boys have gotten better. Uh, Winfield boys, uh, I don't think, are much or not you know, be a challenge circle boys. To be honest, I didn't think they were that bad when we played them down there. So the McPherson boys do need to finish strong though. They really need to run the table. Um, this sec in these last five games, it's the second time through league play because right now they are in the a spot in the, uh, class five, a West, which would mean they'd be home to play. If, if the season ended today, they'd be home to play Andover central. And then if they won that game, they'd play either Carroll or Andover because they're both undefeated. But if they climb up to six, you know, they could. Or potentially five. Potentially five. I don't think they're going to get up. The, there's no way they're going to get up to three. Um, I think Goddard Eisenhower, they're three games behind Goddard Eisenhower. With with five left to play, that's a pretty tough task. Uh, four is a possibility. I think Capen 
has four losses. They're Some, two and a half games back of Salina them. Salina South has, I think, four losses. Is that correct? Salina South's ten and four. Great Bend is eleven and four. Those are four, five, and six. Right. So I mean, they're still two games back. Uh, I wrote a column about the boys today. They need a perfect storm of events to happen, and not that it can't. I'm I'm assuming Great Bend and Hayes probably have to still play each other again because uh, you know they're in the same league. But there's there's could be a lot of movement coming up in the next two weeks because a lot of these teams you know play each other. And uh, I, I just, you know, the Bullpups have to win out. And I, I really believe for them to make state, they have got to at least get up to number six because uh, I just, you know, Bishop Carroll and Andover are very, very good and pretty, you know, they're both undefeated. There's a reason they're undefeated. And the Bullpups lost to Andover by 19 earlier this year. But, of course, that was a night that they just shot incredible. I still think the Bullpups can play with Andover. Bishop Carroll – I'm not so sure. We saw them in the Invitational, and they are really something special. They are a special basketball team. The Bullpups would have to have just an incredible night to knock them off and hope Carroll was down a little bit. I don't know, Steve. I'm almost in a different ballpark here when I look at 5A West. And last year, there were a couple of teams that I looked at and said, wow, that would be a very tough matchup. And I think you could throw Salina Central into that mix last year. They they had a huge senior class. I think you can throw Mays into that mix from last year. They yeah. had Caleb Grill. Mm-hmm. They had a ton of size. You could throw Andover Central into that class. And, and even them, the Bullpups hung with them earlier in the year and that it was an okay matchup. You throw in Bishop Carroll as well. But I don't see, besides Carroll and Andover, and I think either of those teams I think the Bullpups can play with, I don't see that next dominant team that you go exactly that's that, why i'm saying they th- need that to get- you go well you're not going to beat them and i think that is the thing that is so promising about this that's why they got to get the six because if they get the six they would play a three if they get the five they'd play a four you know in in the in the in the first round um i you know who knows how good goddard eisenhower is we have no idea i mean i'm sure they're they're pretty decent with only three losses but then you know We've seen teams like Great Ben Hayes, Salina South, I believe it is. You know, they've they've been good, but they're not teams that, you know, on a given night, the Bullpups can beat those teams. And, and you know, I was talking to Coach Kinneman, you know, after the uh, Andale game, and he says, you know, we're not a – he says, we're 9-6, and six, but I says, I think we're a really good basketball team. And he likes how hard these guys play. Uh, there's He never has to worry about effort. Well, remember, Steve, they have six losses, and and some people might go, oh, oh, yeah, sky's six falling. losses. Well, look at the games that they have lost. And I pointed that out in my column. And Dale and Wichita Collegiate this past week, both games they could have won, and they could Collegiate could win three A very easily. And Dale could win four A. I mean, they could give me age. I think a good game in four A. You go back to the next loss, Blue Valley, a team that athlete-wise, was kind of a bad matchup in terms of having a big six-foot-seven guy that wanted to play out on the perimeter. And even in that game, they were right there in it, down the stretch. And yeah. if it wasn't for a little bit of a slow start, I think they had a great chance to win. You go to the Piper game, they were a little outmatched in that game. Yeah. And Piper had an unbelievable player in Tamar Bates. You go back into December. Derby, a game where they were up in the fourth quarter 11. and let it slip. Up 11 in the second half. And then you look at the Andover game at the beginning of the season. Well, Andover makes 15 three-pointers in the right. game, and it made it not very close. So there's only two games in there where they didn't really stay with them. Right. The rest of those games could have gone either way. Exactly. And so the thing that I look at this is I think this team still has a great chance, but like we've mentioned, they've got to finish strong. 
and continue to put themselves into a position to have the best opportunity in the sub-state. On the girls' side, Steve, as they play El Dorado tonight, this is a girls' team that as long as they win and as long as they are able to run the table in 5A West or in their AVCTL Division Three rest of the regular season, then they've got a great chance to be the number one seed. And other than Circle, they really weren't challenged by the other teams. Uh, El Dorado, Winfield, uh, Bueller, and uh, Augusta, the Bullpups won most of those games by running clock. So really, the Circle game is the one you got to point to, and that game's at home. But getting back to the boys real quick, I think for them, they've just got to start shooting the ball better. They're not shooting a great percentage from the field. They're not making very many threes. Um, and Coach Kinneman said it. He says, we are just not shooting the basketball very well. I think if this team shoots the ball well, that opens things up for the big man, Cody Stuffel, being inside. Let him go to work with his myriad of moves inside. He's, you know, Cody goes to work with both the left and right hand. But they're just not shooting the basketball very well right now. Well, maybe these final five games before the end of the regular season can be confidence builders. Three, you know, they have three at home, and you know that's where you get your confidence is making shots at home. And I really do believe that all this team has to do is get into the dance, win that first game of Substate, right? And I can tell you what, there is no team in Five A West that says, "Oh yeah, that would be great. Let's bring in McPherson." Yeah, yeah. Given oh, the, let's let's go on the road to McPherson. Given the pedigree of the McPherson program. You know, I always say there are no schools in the state that say, "Wow, that's." I, that I always like say fun. the Bullpups start out the game up about seven zero, just because of the roundhouse. Well, I'm mean, even with them going on the road. You think there is any team that would say, "Oh yeah, we'll just outcoach them." No. Oh yeah, we'll we'll just we'll dissect them. No. no. And so all they have to do is get into the dance. Yep. Get yourself there and knock on the door like they did last year with Bishop Carroll. And they ran into a really good basketball team that day. Yeah. But all they've got to do is hang around. And I think both these teams can have a lot of fun. And for the McPherson girls, they've, they're they just trying to stay at number one in 5A West. If they win out, they're yeah. the number one team. I would be shocked if the McPherson girls don't make state. Uh, the only way they I don't think they make state, if they have a game in the sub-state where they just simply don't shoot the ball well because they play great defense. Um, unless they have a game like an elder, like earlier this year against El Dorado, six of thirty-eight in the first half. I mean, that's just very un McPherson-like. But hopefully, Emma Malm gets back soon. You know, the Bullpups would be at as full strength as they could be, other than not having Andrea Sweat, and they really haven't had her all year. They only had her two games, and then she tore her knee up. But um, I, I just think uh, their chances. I really like their chances of going very deep in the postseason. All right, Steve, we'll have the Bullpups in El Dorado tonight. We'll take one more break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE. You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer's State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com. Ramping up today's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve, we wanted to mention it one more time before we get out of here and, and move on to some basketball tonight. If you haven't entered for your chance into the raffle for the Giving Hope Cancer Fund, they will be drawing their winner and tonight. what a prize. Well, for some people. Yeah. 
to go see the Jayhawks take on Oklahoma State on February 24th. Big Monday. Yeah. And in order to enter the win, $5 for one ticket, $10 for three tickets, $20 for six tickets. If you haven't yet, you can sprint to any home state bank location. Right. Our, our guy Jeremy Snap, who is one of our loyal listeners, said, hey, will you please give us a plug? That is one of the better giveaways you'll see. If you are if you like KU basketball, any at all, plus you get a, a gift card. Four and tickets, get- parking pass, $100 gift card, and KU gear. Ooh, KU gear. I'd like that. Steve, maybe you can enter to win. I may just do that. I, I don't think you will. But, I doubt but, it. But, but I, I think you should. Well. I think you would enjoy going I to watch just, Big Monday. I would just give it for the donation, if nothing else. Well, I think you would take that $100 gift card and oh, the KU yeah, sure, gear. Sure. You, you could get all suited up. Yeah. Well, Steve, we have Bullpup basketball tonight. Have you been impressed with what you've seen from the college basketball landscape this week? Did you see the, the great performance by the TCU Horned Frogs last night? Oh, they just laid an egg. Against, <laughs> well, how bad did that end up? Well, I think they ended up losing by 41 TCU's not good. They are. I'm well. You know how I feel about college basketball. I, I've said all year this is the worst talent level I've seen in college basketball going back to the '60s. This is the worst. I don't know. I think they could probably rival the 1977 season, whenever Marquette won. Well, I, th- I think I think they could ra- rival the talent level of that. But I think especially even Big Twelve. I, I've been harsh on the Big Twelve a few times before. And looking at what, nobody can score. What some people say is, "Oh, it's the best conference in college basketball." It's terrible. And, and and I see that analytic sometimes, and I say, "Well, no, I don't think so." And I certainly don't see that this year. Well, when did you, you see look at Baylor T- and Texas last night? You look at TCU. I think they are a bad basketball team. Texas. I think they are a bad basketball team. Kansas State and Oklahoma State. I think they are bad basketball teams. I think Iowa State is bad. I think Oklahoma's bad. You've really only got four teams that are decent at all. Right. In West Virginia, Kansas, Baylor, and one more in my head. I'm I'm missing it. Texas uh, Tech. Texas Tech. Those yeah. are the only four that yeah. are any good at all. And I know that there are people there will be people that say, Well, the Big Twelve, it's it's a grind. Game in, game they can't out. Well, score. there there are six easy games on yeah. there. They can't score. I mean, you watch that Baylor-Texas game last night. What was the stat I saw? The last 321 of the game, neither team scored, and they were combined 0 for 11 from the field. Excellent. It was like 22 to 19 at halftime. And Baylor's the number one team in the country. Man, that was that was painful to watch. I'm still not sold on Baylor. I'm not sold on KU, to be honest Well, with no, I'm, I'm not sold on them at all. No. If you had to go pick who's going to be your national champion this year, who are you taking? Who am I taking? Yeah. I, right now, I'd probably say Gonzaga. Gonzaga's good. Or Duke. What about San Diego State? Are you buying stock in the Aztecs? I am not buying stock in the Aztecs. Oh, come on. They'll they'll be my number, my most likely number one seed to lose early in the tournament. Ye of little faith. Come I on, have. West Coast basketball. It's fun. It's a clown show. Gonzaga playing against Pacific. Yeah. <laughs> Woohoo. St. Mary's. They always hey, St. Mary's Gonzaga, the tough. They always play. It seems like anytime you turn on TV, it's kind of like the Cowboys always playing Maxville. That's true. St. John's always playing Maxville, it seems like. All right, Steve. Enjoy the rest of your day. I will. I hope you do. Yeah. And then we'll get ready for some bullpup basketball tonight. Be there, be square. Are you going to get an app? I need a serious nap. I today. think you need a nap big I do. time. I you, do. you look like you're dragging. I am dragging today. Well, get yourself ready. Late night coming up. There you go.
We'll wrap up today's show. For Steve Sell, I'm Jim Joyner. Thanks for listening to According to Jim. We'll talk to you tonight inside the Roundhouse. According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell was brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless, and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. Make sure to listen to According to Jim every weekday from 1230 to 1 p.m. right here on 96.7 FM KBBE.